Hello, believers, and welcome back to Believing Bigger Podcast. I'm Dr. Shantae, and this is episode three of season six. We've been talking all about victory. I hope you are enjoying this season so far. I know that I am. And we are going to be talking today about the camp. And today's episode is actually a two-parter. So this is part one of a two-part series, our first series in season six. And it is coming from Joshua chapter seven and basically like the whole chapter, but I've tried to scale it down, you know, so that I don't lose you all. But verse one says, but the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things for Achan, the son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things and the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. Verses six through nine says, Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening, he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, O Lord, our God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to give us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? Would that we had been content to dwell beyond the Jordan? O Lord, what can I say when Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? Verses 10 through 12 says, The Lord said to Joshua, Stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. So sin in the camp, killing the cancer. We're going to be talking about today God's way or the highway, taking what belongs to God and the cost of disobedience. So. Chapter seven picks up right after Joshua had just fought the battle of Jericho, right? Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the wall came tumbling down. So he fought the battle of Jericho. He's defeated the enemy. He is riding high because God was with them. And the last verse of chapter six says, so the Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout the land. But in the midst of the battle, as they were cleaning up and celebrating Somebody in Joshua's camp did not follow God's very specific instructions. And what were those specific instructions? Glad you asked. He said, the city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared. This is what I mean when I say that God is the original captain. Well, you get it. Uh, But only Rahab the prostitute and all who were with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble upon it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. So God's way of the highway. Here's the deal, folks. You cannot ask God for victory and then dictate the terms. I'm going to repeat that for the people in the cheap seats. You cannot ask God for victory 
and then turn around and dictate the terms. He sets the terms. He specifically told Joshua to march around Jericho once a day for seven days and on the seventh day to march around Jericho seven times. And he specifically told Joshua to burn every resident of the city except Rahab and her family. And he specifically told Joshua that the precious metals were for the Lord's treasury. And, you know, sometimes we get a very clear word from the Lord. We get a very clear word from God. And instead of following instructions, we lean to our own understanding. We start rationalizing uh, what God's word actually says, or we start rationalizing, you know, what he actually told us. And we decide to modify, you know, we ain't going to just be totally outright disobedient, you know, but, you know, we're we going we gonna to modify, you know, we're going to doctor it up a little bit, you know, we're going gonna to slightly alter the plan. And, you know, we say things like, well, he really didn't mean all, you know, I mean, most, yeah, but not all. Or we'll say, well, he knows my heart and, and well, I would tithe, but the Lord know I got other bills. And, you know, I know the Lord said he loved to love your enemy, but, you know, Trump can kick rocks. You know, Kanye is canceled. You know, God has a word about about those things and how we're supposed to treat people who despitefully use us and, and all of that. You know, he says that you're supposed to pray for them, you know, and that if they're hungry, feed them and that if they're thirsty, give them something to drink. But, you know, we ain't trying to hear all that because God knows these circumstances. He knows that 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 fool is a fool. And I'm certain he did not mean him right? There must be exceptions to the rule. I mean, I know what God's words say, but that ain't really what he meant because obviously he could not have foresaw number 45 in the White House because obviously he could not have foresaw Kanye acting a complete fool. Like, so clearly he did not mean all, but I digress. And I get it. (laughs) You know, I get it. I think surely the Lord did not mean be kind to these fools. Surely he didn't mean pray for these fools. But he says very clearly in Luke 6, 32 through 36, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. You know how number 45, it says, I'm all about loyalty. You know, you're loyal to me, I'll be loyal to you. But as soon as you get on his bad side, <coughs> curtains. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. I know that this is the point in the podcast where you wish you hadn't heard that because, you know, ignorance is bliss. When you don't know what God's word says about certain things, you can't be held accountable. And I know that there's a part of you, many of you wishing that you didn't just hear what I just read because it was hard for me too. I'm not even going to lie. It was real hard. But you know, it says what it says. Don't shoot the messenger. So mercy means not giving people what what they deserve. That's what mercy means, not giving people their just desserts. And our flesh is like, mercy, my, mm, like, hmm. You can take your mercy and shove it because, you know, Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. But Eric Holder said, when they go low, you kick them, okay? Like, you get them down in the dirt and you get with them. And most of us are like, yeah, that's what you ought to do. But 
capital B, if the spirit of the Lord dwells within us, we can be obedient through the power of the Holy Spirit. I repeat, we can be obedient through the power of the Holy Spirit, not through our flesh, because flesh, baby, (laughs) will take you for a rumble in the jungle. But it is only through the power of God that we are able to be kind to people who are not kind to us, that we are able to forgive people who would curse our name to the dirt. In our story here, God told Joshua, put all the money in the treasury. And Achan saw it and said, they won't miss this. It's just a little off the top. Like, who going to know all this money? Who going to miss a few little trinkets? That's what one of the soldiers in Joshua's army said. Like, please, this is nothing. But God knew. He knows what he told you to do. He knows how you rationalized a change of plan. And he also knows what it's going to cost you. Let me repeat that. Achan did not follow instructions. Achan said, I'm going to take a little bit and put it in the kitty. Achan said, who's going to know? God knew. He knows what he told you to do. He knows how you rationalize to change a plan, and he knows what it's going to cost you. Which brings us to taking what belongs to God. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. You know, we often almost always equate wealth to money, right? But, you know, we can measure wealth in our physical health, in our time, in our gifts, and our talents. When we honor God with these things first, the scripture says that we will reap in abundance. Our barns will be filled. Our vats will be bursting with new wine. But more times than not, if we're being honest, how often does God get our leftovers? How often do we prioritize work work and not God's work? How often do we prioritize social media or social commitments? How often do we feel some kind of way about going to church or serving in ministry? David said, I was glad. (laughs) I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. God asked Joshua to devote those things to the treasury. Not because God needed the money. Let me be very clear on that. God does not need your money. You know how I know that? Because the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. In other words, every this is we on his turf. Okay. We on his turf. That money that's in your that's that's his money. <laughs> You're, you're here as a, as a borrower, okay? You know, you, you are a steward, okay? You don't own any of it. It's all his stuff, okay? It's all his stuff. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it belongs to God. How do I know? Because at any time, he can come back and redeem his property. How do I know that? Because who sets the clock on your life? Hmm? If it was yours, you could take it with you, but you can't because it's not. So, God asked Joshua to devote those things to the treasury, not because he needed the money, but because they were valuable to us. God will ask you to devote things to him that are valuable to you. You know what's valuable to you? Your time, your treasure, and your talent, okay? And you want to spend it the way that you want to spend it. What is valuable to you? God asked you for your time because it's valuable to you. He asked you for the first fruits of your paycheck because money is valuable to you. He asks you for your gifts to glorify him because it's something that you value. And what is valuable to God? Your obedience. 
John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Your faith is valuable to God. Hebrew eleven six says, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. What is valuable to God? Your commitment. Revelations 2, 10 says, be thou faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. And he punctuates this in Genesis. You know, when he talked to Abraham, Genesis twenty two fifteen says, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself. You know, when the Lord swear by himself, he really mean it. I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all the nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. When Abraham offered up Isaac to be sacrificed, God didn't really want Isaac. That's why he provided another sacrifice, a ram in the bush. Go back and read that story in Genesis. What he wanted to know was, would Abraham be obedient? Okay. And what he wants to know from us is, will you be obedient? What God gives back is always more valuable than what he asked you to give up. He said, Abraham, because you would not deny me nothing, because you would give up this son that you waited 90, 100 years for, because you gave him up and, and didn't ask me no questions about it or didn't try to, oh, well, I know he don't want me to give up Isaac. I mean, like, do he know what me and Sarah went through? I mean, I slept with another woman. I had another kid. Like, it was drama in the house. Like, come on, Lord, you know what it took to get to come on now. You know, God asked for him. And he didn't ask for him because he really wanted him. He asked him to see if Abraham would obey. And because he did, the Lord said, I swear to you, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Why? Because you have obeyed me. What God gives back is always more valuable than what you have to give up, which brings us to the cost of disobedience. Now we're back in Joshua. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening he and the elders of Israel and they put dust on their heads. So now we're back to our, our key scripture. And Joshua said, oh, Lord, my God, why have you brought this people over to the Jordan at all to give us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? Would we have been content to dwell beyond the Jordan? Lord, what can I say when Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? Meaning you got us running up out of here and now our reputation going to be that, you know, we could be easily defeated. If you was going to have us come over here and get Molly Wild, we could have stayed on the other side of the Jordan River and we ain't have to come to no promised land. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will surround us and cut our name off from the earth. And what are you going to do for your great name? Disobedience always comes at a cause. Joshua is upset. He doesn't know that Achan has taken this money, these, these jewels, these trinkets yet. He doesn't know that yet. All he knows is he had fought the battle of Jericho. He was riding on a high. He went into the next battle and they got their clocks cleaned, okay? Like they suffered a significant loss. And Josh and the elders are back in the camp in retreat like, Lord, what's really going on? Like, how this happened? Why you bring us all the way over here to get our butts kicked? You know, we could have we could have did that on the other side of the Jordan. You know, now, you know, the word is going to get around and then people going to be trying to come for us. Like, what's really going on? 
that's what happens. Disobedience always comes at a cost. Because they lost at the battle of Ai, the people became fearful. So that's what the name of this battle is, is called. The battle that they lost is the battle of Ai. The people became fearful because they lost the battle. The, em- the enemy rejoiced in their defeat. You know, people are always going to laugh when you stumble. Okay, the people that that's hating, you know, low-key lurking, you know, and, and seeing what you're doing, they're always going to, you know, chuckle when you have some setbacks. And because they lost the battle, they made God look bad. Because just as quickly as word got out that God was with them in Jericho, bad news travels even faster. And you know that. (laughs) Good news, good news take a while to get around. But bad news, honey, uh, uh, quick as lightning. As soon as people can can get their fingers out on their phones, you know, people are always sharing the dirt or spilling the hot tea. So because they lost the battle, they, they made God look bad. The cost of disobedience, when you call yourself a believer, people are always going to be looking at how you weather adversity. People are always going to be looking to see if God really is who he says he is, if he really is who you say he is. And God cannot entertain our foolishness. When he asks us to do something very specific, if you look at some things in your life that you want, and it just seems like things are just crumbling and things are just falling apart and, and you know, you just don't understand why. God may very well have a a reason for that. That might be part of the process. But one thing that you absolutely ought to do is say, Lord, reveal to me any disobedience where I have strayed away from you and it is causing you not to bless me. It is causing my blessings to be blocked or hindered. And when Joshua did that, when he said, what's really going on, Lord? God answered him. He said, Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. That last line is the killer. He said, until you do what I ask you to do, don't don't come checking for me. Don't come looking for me. Don't come crying to me with your tears, okay? You can save that until you do what I asked you to do. Now, you know, if the shoe fit, wear it. If it don't, disregard it. But the thing is, if God has asked you to do something and you decided you was going to, you know, do something else, you know, rationalize it, you know, uh, put that on hold and, you know, maybe, Lord, I'll circle back to it, you know, when I get ready. If it's something like that going on in your life and things are starting to crumble, God said, I will not be with you until you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. In other words, I'm not going to be with you until you destroy whatever it is that you decided you was going to do instead of doing what I told you to do. If you want God to be with you, you have to get back on plan. God didn't tell Joshua to give the Israelites a stern talking to. He said, I will not be with you again until you devote whoever sinned in the camp to destruction. Verse 20 says, Achan replied, It is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I have done. When I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold wearing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. They are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. So Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent and there it was hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. They took the things from the tent, brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites and spread them out before the Lord. Then Joshua, together with all Israel, took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, 
the robe, the gold bar, his sons and daughters, his cattle, donkeys and sheep, his tent and all that he had to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, why have you brought this trouble on us? The Lord will bring trouble on you today. Then all of Israel stoned him. And after they stoned the rest, they burned them. Achan paid an exceptionally high cost for his disobedience. Extreme, some would say. You know, I know some of you hear that and think, his wife and his kids, dang, they ain't even do nothing. You know, like, but Old Testament God, ain't you, ain't you, ain't you happy for Jesus? <laughs> ain't you glad for Jesus and salvation that things don't work like that no more? <laughs> because back in those days, that was justice. Okay, back in those days, that's how it was done. You know, it wasn't just you. You made things bad for everything around you. So the cost of his disobedience was exceptionally high. And I say all this to say, I don't know what the sin is in your camp. It may not be a sin. It might be a weight. It might be something that you just put in front of God or something that you just decided to do instead of what God asked you to do. I don't know. It ain't none of my business. I don't know what he told you to do that you didn't do. I don't know what you did that he told you not to do. But you know, you know, and God knows. Achan knew and God knew what Achan had done. God wants to give you the victory. He didn't send the Israelites over towards the Jordan River and into the promised land to get their butts whooped. He wanted to bless them in the land of milk and honey. He wanted to give them the victory. God wants you to have the victory. But, but with a capital B, it has to be on his terms. It's not up for debate. It's not up for discussion. It's not negotiable. The Bible says no good thing will he withhold from those who walk upright, but you got to walk upright. So believers, that is the end of part one. Okay. Now it was a sad ending for Achan, but part two, you can rejoice, you know, because it, it ends happily for Joshua. So that's not where the story ends. I don't want you to go away from this episode like, dang, she just laid it on thick. No, you know what? This season is all about what? Victory. Victory. And you can't talk about victory without looking at the things that cause defeat. Okay. Like this can't be no one sided, lopsided. Every day is a sunny day and oh, hidey, 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 ho. Okay. This ain't that. I'm not that kind of podcaster. Why? Because the day that I accepted the call to put my lips to this microphone and deliver these types of messages in Jesus' name, as soon as I stepped up to do that, I'm going to be held accountable for everything that I say to you. And so I'm not trying to be preachy or judgy or anything like that. I don't know what it is. And if it's nothing, that's a beautiful thing because you don't always have to touch the stove to know that it's hot. Okay, learn from the mistakes of others if this is not your situation. But please know, believers, that it's always in love and it's always so that you can have the victory. And that with the enemy circling around, you know, trying to devour you, you don't need to give him no assists, okay? Like, you don't need to be the one that, that's trying to help him out to the point where he's like, oh, you jacking up so bad, I'm, I'm going to leave you alone and go on to somebody else. Like, you don't want that, okay? You don't want to dig your own hole, okay, or dig your own grave. Now, you want to talk about this episode you just heard, join the community. I know I sound like a broken record, you know, and for years I just said, you know, hit me up with your tweets and your takeaways and things like that. And I still want you to do that too. But let's let's join together. Okay, like let's get active. Let's get with it. So go to readytobelieve.com. 
join the community, share it with your friends. It is well worth your time, your energy, your effort, the relationships to be made, the investment of your time, your treasure, and your talent. I cannot wait to co-labor with you to change this world for the better. And I will see you next time. Part two.